Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of What You Talking About. There's a lot of issues in today's society that we have to deal with, and I feel like we are overlooking the biggest impact on how we handle that in mental health. And it all starts young as children. So today's guest has created an initiative that might help you with some resources for your children or maybe even yourself. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Thanks for joining us on another episode of What You Talking About. Um, today's guest is Jenny Metzmaker. Um, she is uh, has initiated a nonprofit organization. Welcome to the show, Jenny, and tell me a little bit about you before we get started. Well, hello, Wayne. Thanks for having me here. I am very excited to talk about my nonprofit. Um, my name, again, is Jenny Metzmaker. I am from Lansing. I'm born and raised in Lansing, Michigan. I am one of seven girls. Um, no brothers. Yep. I uh, am a mother of three boys. They are all actually adults now. Um, I, my oldest, Quentin, um, as you know, because mm-hmm. you were his baseball coach there mm-hmm. for a minute, <laughs> yep. um, he graduated from East Lansing High School and then U of M. He works out of California uh, for Yahoo Sports. And my middle son, Alden, also graduated from East Lansing. He is a senior at Oakland University. And so he'll be graduating next year. Yay. And then my youngest is um, just graduated from East Lansing High School, and he goes to MSU. So we are definitely a house divided. Wow. (laughs) So that's kind of fun. Um, I've been married for a long time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My husband and I, um, you know, we have done our very best with our boys, and we're just excited to watch them flourish as adults now. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So three three young men that have gone on to – Bigger and better things after high school. They are, oh. yes. They're they're definitely um, making their way in the world. My middle son, Alden, just got his dream internship. Um, so he starts in May. He's really excited about that. He's going into computer science just like Quentin. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're tech guys. They've actually helped me a lot with my website. Oh, nice. <laughs> so it's really nice having you know them around to be able to help me with the tech part of you know, getting the nonprofit off the ground. Fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe I should give them a call because I could use the help there. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I, I appreciate the background. Um, you know, we'll dig into maybe a little bit of, you know, my relationship with your family as we yeah. progress and see how it plays out. But, uh, you know, my listeners, when they, they tune in, they, uh, they want to know, you know, what you're talking about. So I, since my children are grown now, I have always had a passion for mental health. Um, And now that I'm less busy because they are grown, I'm pretty much an empty nester. I wanted to focus on the community and promoting positive mental health in children. And my why is um, that I have come from a traumatic childhood. I had a lot of traumatic experiences as a child. And I was one of those children that struggled with mental health in school. And I dropped out when I was 15. They, um, the schools basically didn't really know what to do with me. So they kind of, you know, were like, oh, okay, you want to drop out? Sign here. <laughs> so I was one of those um, students that kind of fell through the, the you know, uh, the cracks, mm-hmm. basically. And so my why is I really want to help children like myself who have had traumatic 
childhood or traumatic experiences or struggle and or struggle with mental health and trying to give them the tools that they need to live a positive life. So that's where positive somebody comes from. Um, The positive part is they can have a positive life. And the somebody part is because they are somebody. And I think a lot of kids that do go through traumatic events as a child and don't have the adults in their life that want to or, you know, or are there for them to guide them through life. Um, they kind of feel like they're nobody. <laughs> and that's kind of how I felt growing up. And I just want them to know that they are somebody. And so that's where the somebody comes and positive somebody. So yes, we want to promote positive mental health in children through positive coping. Okay. So let's, I mean, let's kind of start talk about where it started for you. I mean, okay. So you started off the podcast talking about three children Three boys that are, for the lack of a better description, way better than you were at their age. Absolutely. You, you know, I mean, yeah. and that's tongue in cheek, right? Absolutely. But the reality is, is you've got three kids that went on to higher education and you raised them as somebody who, when you were their age, you didn't value education. You dropped out of school. So talk about where, like, how did that happen? How did I drop out of school? No, oh. no. I want to know. I want to know how, how did you, I guess... Take me from dropping out, being that high school dropout, to turning into a mother that cared enough to push their children in that way. Right. Okay. So my mom was a high school dropout. Okay. And my mom took her own life when I was 15. Oh, all right. And when I, I struggled with that. And so I had dropped out of school when I was 15. I ended up working full time to help pay bills in the house. Um, at that time, my father wasn't working enough to pay the bills. And so... I worked full-time actually at the Lansing Mall. Okay. <laughs> and um, and I helped pay bills. I got my sisters up for school. I was the oldest oldest one at home at that time. Okay. Got my sisters up for school and went to work and paid bills. Um, and when you say education wasn't really valued, I, my mom, it, it wasn't as I it should have been. Uh-huh. Um, my mom really wanted different for us, but she struggled with mental health issues. Yeah. Um, and her being a high school dropout, she actually went back to... Um, get her GED like two or three times and never could do it. She had seven kids. And so for me, as soon as I was pregnant with my first son, I'm like, "Mm -mm. (laughs) no, like he is not, you know, they're not going to do what I did or my mother did, or, you know, I want them to know that they're loved and that they can, you know, achieve what they would like to, uh, to achieve. So I definitely strived a lot. And I pushed education, maybe a little too much, (laughs) that it might have been a little stressful for them. So I'm not perfect. But um, I definitely um, pushed education for them. And, you know, when my last son graduated from high school, the waterworks just started flowing because I'm like, I did it. Right. As a high school dropout, from a high school dropout parent, like to have all three of my children graduate from high school, for some people, they're like, oh, what? They graduated from high school. You know, they're supposed to. And I'm like, no, (laughs) that's a really big deal. I think that's an overvalued accomplishment to some people. And, you know, kind of going back to what I said, uh, let me apologize first. I mean, I don't think that you didn't value education. I think you just did did what you had to do. And that's pretty pretty awesome. I mean, that's the, the foundation, I think, where the family values that that you were able to create within your own home yeah started right um i was very big on breaking the cycle yeah great Um, job by the way that's a fantastic story (laughs) thank you yeah i definitely um that was really big for me like i really wanted them just to have a different life i mean of course every parent makes mistakes so i made mistakes but 
I just wanted them to feel like they were loved and valued and that they could, you know, live the life that they would like to live. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. And, and, um, just a little background, like, like you had mentioned, and I think it's appropriate to enter now, but yeah, I did have the opportunity to be around Quentin for two years of, of adolescence, which is yeah. usually a tough time to be around any teenager. Yeah. 14, um, 15. And, mm-hmm. um, I never would have guessed the background of his parents or at least oh, his yeah. mother based on the way he, uh, presented himself and, and his work ethic and, yeah. and everything. So, um, he's a good boy. Yeah. I, I think your story is <laughs> more of a, he's a good yeah, man. he's, yeah, he, he was well at the time he was, mm-hmm. he was a good young man and, and he yeah. worked hard and did everything he was asked to do. And, uh, a true testament to, you know, how things were being done at home. Yeah. He definitely has a, he's got a big heart. <laughs> he does work really hard. Yeah. Um, he, you know, has a lot of dreams and so he does work hard. He uh, told me a story when he, cause he's actually here, he's visiting. Okay. Um, right now. And, um, he told me a story about his flight in, which, you know, as a mom, you want to hear these feel good stories from your kids. And he said that there was a, a woman that was really upset because she wasn't sitting with her family. And, you know, and he was like, you know, she said, can, you know, can we switch seats or whatever? And my kids, you know, they're going to do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're just, they're just good people. (laughs) They're not going to say no. And he's like, mom, I gave up my seat. And then I got stuck between these, you know, two gentle, like in the middle, he said, I had a window seat and went from the middle and I was stuck between, you know, two people and it was, it felt smaller. And he was like, but you know, she wanted to sit, you know, sit with her family. And I was like, you know, good is going to come back to you. (laughs) But it just makes me, makes me feel so good when my kids like are good people uh-huh. that to me is is means more to me than any education that they get they're yeah. just really good people i can appreciate that yeah yeah so um w- let's talk about a little bit about your childhood in the sense that you acknowledge your mother had passed away when you were 15 correct yeah she had okay. taken her own life um when i was 15 she had struggled with depression mm-hmm. she too had come from a childhood of trauma mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when you have unhealed trauma, you pass it on. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And so she just, you know, she had all this unhealed trauma and she, you know, married, uh, an alcoholic abuser, had seven children, you know, and it's, you know, it just, the cycle just. And she had them close together and that's kind of where I was. Yeah, I think we're all about two years apart. Well, I mean, if you're the oldest. No, I'm the third to the oldest. Oh, you're the third. I was the oldest oldest at home when she had passed. Oh, okay. But I'm third to the oldest. Okay. Yep. So I, um, yep, third to the oldest. I have uh, four younger than me. So how did having six siblings in the house at one time impact your mental health? Well, we had a three-bedroom house with one bathroom. (laughs) Three-bedroom house with one bathroom. All girls. Seven girls. It was not great. Um, the bathroom situation was terrible. (laughs) Literally one bathroom. Um, it was hard, you know, with seven girls, we all are very different. We have very different personalities. Um, and being in a small house, you know, that definitely was hard. And, you know, and also too, growing up with a lot of trauma, you know, my, there was domestic violence and, you know, stuff like that, child abuse. And then my mom taking her own life, like there when you put trauma, you know, in the mix of a lot of children, I mean, you're going to have different perceptions, different healing, different, you know, ways that you react to it. And so I would say it wasn't always a pleasant situation. Mm -hmm. Um, 
we all are still to this day very different and we heal differently and we talk about it differently and stuff like that. So it was not great in a little house. A, okay. a bigger house yeah. would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> well, More bathrooms. So you went, you grew up in Lansing. I grew up in Lansing. Okay. Yep. How was, uh, what was the impact of living in the city? Cause you, you're about the same age as me. So what 90 graduated high school? Well, you would have graduated like what? 95. 90? I should have graduated 95. Okay. So we're the same age. Yep. Um, so what was it like going to Lansing schools during the late eighties? So I went to Willow elementary. So we didn't live in the best neighborhood. Um, I would say it taught me a lot. Um, a lot of street smarts, yeah, and, you know, I, tolerance, tolerance. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, uh, Actually, when I was in elementary school, we when my mother couldn't drive us, we had to walk. And it was actually where we lived. It was about 45-minute walk, between 30, 30 to 45 minutes, because we lived on this really long road, and we had to walk through, you know, like walk down Willow. It was actually a really long walk. It was crazy being so young and having to walk that far. Um, so, yeah, so uh, that was interesting. But being in an inner-city school, you definitely, you know, you learn a lot. You, like you said, tolerance and acceptance. And I just have, I made so many great friends. I still have so many great friends from Willow. Um, I don't, you know, growing up in an inner city, I mean, you're going to have different situations happen. I mean, there was violence and stuff like that. I had recently told a story about um, the lo- the neighborhood liquor store, um, well, convenience store. Yeah. <laughs> um, the daughter, actually, I think I was in third grade, um, was murdered. I had seen her like just right before that. It was right on Willow. So just growing up in an inner city. So that happened when you were a child? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You weren't around. You just, it happened in, in, to somebody in your life. It wasn't. In my life. I No, I, I wasn't a witness okay. to it. It's just something like you're a child. You walk past yeah. this place every morning for yeah. school. You know, this person mm-hmm. that's behind the counter and then to have that person murdered and then you still have to walk by it every day. Like that's just, it does something to you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the mental health would definitely. Yes, be absolutely. There. So absolutely. So um, when it comes to, you know, the mental health piece, um, you know, you acknowledged the the family, mm-hmm. you know, obviously dynamic. What about the school? Was the school environment um, helpful to your mental health? Was it hurtful? Was it kind of a, to give it some balance in any way? I feel like, you know, I was I was the most emotional out of all of my sisters. I definitely wear my emotions on my sleeve. So when I'm happy, you know it. When I'm sad, you know it. When mm-hmm. I'm mad, you know it. And so I was definitely really emotional. And actually, schools didn't do well with that. They didn't, they didn't do well with, like, the emotional part of it. It was more of a, you got in trouble if you were too emotional. Like, what are you crying about? You know, that yeah. type of thing. Um, so they were... They were actually a lot more stern than I, you know, than I um, think they should have been. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's a like a pendulum swing the other way now. I think it, sometimes they're a little overly sensitive to it. Yeah, in my, just in my opinion. Yeah, it's um, definitely finding that happy medium. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you, when you're an emotional person, you need stability, mm-hmm. and so, but you don't need the over, you know, the over, uh, you know, part of that where you're too strict, you know, you have to a lot, you have to validate the emotions without, um, I guess, 
without giving in to the, you know, the absurd part of it. Cause sometimes I could be absurd, like really upset over, you know, dropping my sandwich on the ground or something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so yes, there definitely needs to be like a happy medium, but I was definitely the most emotional and still am the most emotional out of all of my sisters. Um, and the schools, I don't really think knew how to deal with that emotional part yeah. of it. Mm-mm. There's been a lot of growth there for sure. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, you know, the, the peak of your, your childhood was 15 at this point, mm-hmm. um, 30 years ago, and you have just started this initiative for positive somebody within the last year. Correct? I, no, actually I incorporated it, um, in 2020, okay. January of 2020, and which then, was great timing because then the pandemic hit and there was no funding. Every, everything shut down. So I started it and we did some things, but it kind of got, um, put on the back burner because of the pandemic, unfortunately. Yeah. So. Well, just as a father of a teenage girl, mm-hmm. two, one's a preteen, the other's 16, and reflecting back, 2020 was actually pretty easy. Um, 2021 was really difficult yeah. for her because of 2020. It had yeah. nothing to do with what she was going through in 2021. It was residual impact yes. of the 2020 shutdown. And so I think your timing was inadvertently perfect. Yeah, And I think it's really important that we as a community get behind this, this, right. This initiative, because I'll say this, my, my daughter, you know, we kind of, we kind of decided she needed to get into counseling and she was in counseling for the better part of a year and has been discharged. You know, that she Mm -hmm. didn't quit going. We didn't quit sending her. The counselor said, listen, she's, she's good to go. I'm here for if she needs it. And, and she's night and day different because of that. And absolutely. So, how so? So let's talk about the initiative of positive somebody. Yeah. Where, what do you? Where Where are you at? Where do you want to be? And what's it going to take to get there? Okay. So where we are right now, um, I have a I have a board. Let's just start there. Okay. I have a great board. Um, my sister, one of my sisters, is the president of my board. She has her master's in social work. I have two teachers, one from Waverly High School, one from Sexton High School. I have. Um, a VP from Jackson National. I have a Lansing police sergeant um, on my board. Like I'm trying really hard to bring in people um, to make it well-rounded. So we have a really great board. And um, so we'll start there. And then um, our initiative in promoting positive mental health is through positive coping. So one of our programs is called our Positive Packs. And our positive hacks include journals, journal writing activities, breathing activities, fidgets, positive affirmations. Um, one of our favorite pieces is our breathe stones. And it comes with a, it's super cool. Um, it's kind of like a worry stone. You can carry it in your pocket mm-hmm. or your purse or whatever. And it comes with this um, breathe stone card. I'm going to read the poem really okay. quick. So it says, I'm your breathing stone. Keep me near. When life starts to fill you with worry and fear, Hold me in your hand nice and tight. Close your eyes. Breathe and say, be gone. Worries and fears. Everything is going to be all right. And it's kind of just that reminder um, when you're just having a hard time or just having a bad day, you kind of need that reminder um, to just breathe. So that's one of our our big um, uh, wants for our positive packs. But we also have fidgets. Um, 
one of the new favorites is a zipper bracelet, which is a really great fidget mm-hmm. that um, the kids actually love. It's a fidget that they keep on their wrist, you know, and play with the zippers. So okay. that's super fun. So the the um, the purpose of the positive pack is to teach positive coping and hopes to reduce negative coping, which is, you know, um, addiction, violence, you know, stuff like that. And those tend to be negative coping mechanisms. And I don't know, I just don't think journal writing has been talked about enough, you know, in recent years, just because everything's so digital. And it's just something about writing your feelings down that really does make a difference. And so we do promote a lot um, with our um, with our journal writing. So our positive packs right now, we have distributed over 3,000 positive packs in um, for more than 14 schools in Michigan at the moment. And actually, the Lansing Police Department, they actually carry our positive packs in their patrol vehicles, their community officer vehicles, and their social worker vehicles. So when they encounter children and even, you know, adults if they need them in the, you know, in the field, they have something to give them, mm-hmm. which is really great. And, you know, I've talked to a few police officers who have already handed them out and they're like, wow, like, I didn't even know what this, you know, what the program was, but this is so great for us to be able to give you know, in a bad situation, something that can, you know, possibly help them, you know, help the children in a bad situation. So our positive pack is a really great program. Um, we're expanding to hopefully have customized journals. Uh, we've already started those. Um, they just, it takes a lot of time and mm-hmm. money and effort to be able to make that happen. But we are very close to um, putting out our younger journal, which is from second grade through seventh grade. And so it's not just writing. In the journal, it'll have um, like doodling, coloring, you know, different activities, but also writing and journal prompts and stuff like that. We use weather emojis for our emotions. And so we talk about, you know, the sun is like happy and our um, the cloud means like you're bored, you're kind of feeling meh. And then our storm cloud is like you're upset, you're angry, mm-hmm. you know. And then we have the tornado. We named them, so Twister, the tornado. Okay. Um, when you're out of control, mm-hmm. like when you are acting out or you're being destructive, something like that. And then we have our rainbow, which is my favorite, and it means recovery, like you're feeling better. So we put those in our journals, and, you know, um, we, you know, have them say, like, how are you feeling today? And they get to pick one. So regulate regulating your emotions is really an important part of positive mental health and so teaching children how to recognize their emotions but also giving them the tools to um, to regulate them is huge so that's our purpose with that so our positive packs um, are great that's our biggest program we have a few other programs Um, one of them is our sensory bottle program and the sensory bottle program we go to elementary schools and they make a, a sensory bottle out of rice. It's a plastic, you know, like a little plastic bottle. They put rice in it, and they put little charms in it, and they also put their name. And it's like a look and find. They get a dry erase folder that has their um, charms that are in it, and then they write their name on it. And every time they find a charm, they circle it. So it's kind of like a calming, redirecting activity. And we've had such great responses from teachers about how it is definitely – calming for the students something that redirects their emotions so that's up and coming and it's it's actually flourishing we have a wait list right now um yeah so 
that's really exciting. Uh, and then our other program is our high school chapter. We started our very first high school chapter at East Lansing High School. And it is actually, it's a club. And so we have a board, we have a president and a vice president and secretary. And the club um, talks about positive mental health every week or every other, they meet every other week. And so they did journal um, decorating. They talked about different, you know, journal writing. They put up posters in the school about positive mental health and what types of positive coping that you can do. They did yoga, which is super exciting. <laughs> and um, they're actually at the end of the year on May 7th, they are holding their own family mental health fun day at East Lansing High School. Okay. And it's kind of modeling. We had a mental health fun day last summer and we're going to have it every summer. So the mental health fun day, and the reason why we say fun is because, you know, it can be fun. You can make mental health fun yeah. because you there's lots of things that you can do to promote positive mental health in a fun way. And so the um, mental health fun day will be different stations set up for our emotions and um, it'll, they'll have activities. They'll be able to fill their positive packs while they're there. And then we'll have other stations like nutrition, because that's really important for mental health. We'll have, um, you know, hydration and sleep and, you know, exercise, you know, physical health. We'll have therapy places there, yoga places, like just to talk about how all of these things help promote positive mental health. And it, it's just in a fun atmosphere where they actually get to play games and do activities and learn about it. And it's like a family affair because sometimes if parents weren't taught how to cope in a positive way, they might not know how to teach their children to cope in a positive way. So it's a learning experience for everybody. Yeah. So that, that's exciting. That Let's talk about that for a minute because mm -hmm. I, I was um, I was with some people this afternoon and I was telling them a story about a video I saw on the internet of a, of a young like a, probably a 10 to 11 year old boy in Chicago schools. Right. Mm -hmm. And the video started with just the teacher teaching math. That's all he was doing. You know, N equals seven. And if N plus four equals 11, you know, I like, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it was just general stuff. He wasn't single anybody out. And then this kid just started acting up like mother F you. I'll knock those glasses off your F and face. You know. So it's interesting that you bring that up because I actually went back to school and I'm going to school for um, mental health. And uh -huh. so um, I actually just wrote my final paper on there are no bad children. And it's about children who are deemed to have behavioral problems. And in school, because they act out or they do stuff like that. And really, it's a trauma response. Mm -hmm. So children who have endured like, you know, um, you know, God's amount of, you know, trauma, they might in turn, you know, act out in different ways. So maybe he was, maybe the teacher was talking about a problem and the kid got frustrated because he couldn't figure it out. And then he lashes out and that's a negative coping mechanism, you know, to do that in a destructive way when it's a trauma response. So I did the paper all on um, teachers learning trauma response. And so, um, you know, seeing that in children, you know, he's, I don't think he did it to be bad. He, it literally was probably something to where he was lashing out because he was upset. He maybe didn't know the answer or something like that. Um, but yeah, it, we need to, you know, help these children when they're younger. So when they're, when they get to that, you know, older age, when they can be more destructive, they're learning the tools on what to do rather than, you know, mm -hmm. learning the positive coping rather than the negative coping. Like, what could you have done in that situation if you didn't know the answer? 
you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Instead of acting out or being destructive, what could you have done, you know? Yeah. So from a societal standpoint, um, you know, what what type of things do you have vision for the future to help? Because, I mean, to your point, I agree with you mm-hmm. um, about why he acted out. But part of that is, and is you know, it starts at home. I don't mean mom and dad were absent. Maybe they mm. were. But my, my point really is, is teaching coping mechanisms at home. Like my, my response when I was talking to him was, you, you know, when I was a kid, you know, it was if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. If you don't agree what's going on, don't act out. Don't be a distraction. Just shut your mouth and, you know. But then when you, you know, you don't know what that child's life was like it, at home. Exactly. Or what. Yeah. And so I come from a family where I wasn't taught coping. Right. And I, that's, that's my question. Yeah, like, what, I wasn't, what, what I wasn't taught that. So my, my envision, um, my vision for positive somebody is to get them when they're younger and to teach them, you know, different ways that they can react. Um, and I think part of it too is teaching them and the parents because it's a cycle. It's a cycle. My parents weren't taught how to cope <laughs> in turn. They didn't turn, you know, teach us. And so it's a cycle. So, you know, we do have to start when they're younger, but also, you know, without telling the parents that they're bad parents, because that's just going to make them defensive, teach them, give them tools to say, here, this is, you know, this is an ideal, or this is, you know, might be able to, you know, to help. And for the Family Mental Health Fund Days, I had so many people when we had our first one this summer say, wow, I guess I just didn't realize, like, hydration. Your child could be dehydrated and not feel well and then act out. There's so much that plays into mental health. It's, you know, it's not just, you know, learning how to be calm. It's also being hydrated and nutrition, getting enough sleep at night. There's so many aspects that go into it. And you have to think some of these children live in very chaotic houses. You know, their houses are chaotic. They don't get a lot of sleep. And they go to school and they're tired and they're grumpy and they're hungry because they don't get enough food. And so there, there are a lot of things that, you know, play into helping improve mental health in the community. And it does, you know, there's so much, you know, affordable housing, you know, better pay, better food. I mean, if you think about it, so much goes into positive mental health. Um, It's a lot, you know, these kids, you know, these kids that are not being taught, their parents weren't taught. And then their parents are not feeling valued, you know, so they're probably doing, you know, negative coping mechanisms, like, they're maybe they're addicts or, you know, they're abusive, you know, just all these negative coping mechanisms. But how do we stop that? There's so much that goes into it, but positive somebody really wants to promote it in the children and in the families. We want to just plant that seed, you know, plant the seed of what it's like to cope in a positive way, plant the seed of therapy's great. Like go to therapy. Like if you need to talk something out, go to therapy. I love it. I I love therapy. (laughs) I do. I actually, I always tell people I have a therapist and a psychologist. So, um, I, you know, and it, you know, when you know about my trauma, you know why, (laughs) you know why I go, but you have to, you know, promoting it in a positive light, you know, therapy is good. (laughs) You know, all, all, you know, all of these positive coping things can be good. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So just teaching them when they're younger and then getting the information to the parents, you know, that's, you know, I wish I could change everything else like affordable housing and food and mm-hmm. pay and all that stuff, but I can't. So right. control you know, what you can, control right? what you can. So yeah, we definitely want to focus on education, um, yeah. and also avenues. So 
Um, we want to, in the future, we would love to um, promote positive outlets because that's another thing that we promote. Positive outlets are music, art, you know, sports, um, anything, you know, that you do that's a positive thing that helps you relax or helps you, you know, like divert your attention, you know, from something that's really stressing you out and giving you that calming moment. For me, it's art. I make wire trees all day long. (laughs) My husband is so sick of my beads. It's crazy. (laughs) But I, that's my zen. Like I, you have to find what your positive outlet is. So eventually, you know, we're still going to do the positive packs and the mental health fun days. um, But we definitely in the, you know, the different activities, but we definitely want to be able to foster positive outlets for children and so my, my vision is to have day camps and we'll, where we'll go and um, maybe into the Boys and Girls Club or we have our own day camps and, you know, teachers nominate kids to come and we talk about positive coping. And it's like a whole day of family mental health fun day, but they leave with their positive outlet. So say a child wants to learn how to play a guitar, they're going to get a guitar and, uh, you know, lessons and a way to get to the lessons because you have to make sure they have all aspects to be able to get to that positive, you know, outlet for them. Or if they want to play a sport or do art or dance or, you know, whatever. Uh, Maybe they just want to ride a skateboard. We're going to, you know, buy them a skateboard and, and, you know, the safety equipment and maybe somebody to teach them. Like, so we really... That's down the line. Um, we definitely want to get there, but it's just fostering positive coping is the big picture. Okay. So, so um, when you say you did your paper and you're studying, are you studying a, a undergrad, bachelor's degree? Or are you studying a master's degree? What are you I, studying there? So I, even though I was a high school dropout, <laughs> I... Still get your GED. No, no, no. You, I went back to school um, when my oldest son was a baby. And I refused to get my GED. I actually got my high school diploma. Okay, congratulations on that. Thanks. I was pregnant with my second son. I walked across the stage to get my high school diploma four days before I had my second son. (laughs) (laughs) I waddled across stage. But I was determined. So I was determined. I did get my high school diploma. But then after that, I was a mom. I didn't go to, you know, go to college. And now I want to. I just want to learn everything that I can to be able to grow the nonprofit to mm-hmm. reach more people. And so I'm in my undergrad right now, and um, I've just finished all of my gen ed, except for one, I have one next semester. And so now I'm into, you know, getting into, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so you've talked a lot about um, getting in front of coping and stuff for, for kids, kids, kids. Mm-hmm. Um, let's shift a little bit to the dynamic of, of the teen. Um yeah. So adolescence sucks for mm-hmm. everybody, um, you know, and suicide and, you know, what happened in Oxford last year yeah. and, and all of that stuff is happening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter's class experienced a suicide. Um, gosh, I don't remember. It was, I believe it was, it was right around this time in 2021, I believe it was last year. And, um, you know, it was devastating for for everybody yeah so what do what do we do like what what are you doing that's what i'm i'm trying um (laughs) but yes so suicide um from ages 12 to 25 is the second leading cause of death and so that is huge and really it's bringing awareness talking about it um you know um 
promoting the, you know, the therapy, the different outlets, stuff like that. And there, even though we've come a long way with mental health, I still think there's still some of that stigma out there. Mm-hmm. And so just bringing more awareness that there are different avenues because maybe a child has already tried therapy and didn't work. So right. we actually, we partner with People's Yoga and we, our high school chapter did yoga. They love it. And we're incorporating that more into our programs. So maybe it's yoga that they want. Maybe they need that quiet, you know, Zen time to, right. you know, work things out in their head. And maybe it's therapy. Maybe it's, you know, it's just helping them get to the core. But it's also helping schools to be able to um, give the, the students something. Um, the overseeing teacher that we have at East Lansing High School, there were two suicides at East Lansing High School when she was a senior there. And she, one of the girls was on her swim team and the other one was one of her classmates. And she said that, the, you know, their, there was grief counselors. And she said the grief counselors came in and they were in the counseling center and they said, if you need to talk to somebody, you know, come on in. And she's like, I didn't know if I needed to talk to somebody. They didn't make me, you know, and she was like, but I think I should have, you know. And so our positive packs, we try really hard to have them in counseling centers. And um, Holt High School had a suicide a few years ago or about maybe it was a year or two ago. And we donated 200 positive packs to their counseling center. And I heard from one of the counselors who said, oh, my gosh, these are so great you know, to be able to give to kids who are struggling. And so we would love to have them in schools with counselors. And so they're just freely handing out these things. And even, you know, it's just a reminder. And I would have loved for a teacher or a counselor to say to me, you know, I'm really sorry that you're going through this. You know, here's a journal. I really think that you should you know, start writing some of your feelings down because some kids just, they don't know about journaling. Yeah, and I, and I think your story about the overseeing teacher and, mm-hmm. and the counselors being available. I, I think. But they weren't made to go in there. Right. And I, and I think that we should, I think yeah. that, um, everyone in a smaller group settings, I think would be more appropriate. You know, yeah. let's just say fourth hour, you know, um, the kids are, are forced to at least have some dialogue. It doesn't even have to be out the event, just yeah. a social dialogue. What's going on? Because yep. somebody's going to open up at that point, I think. You know, well, gosh, you know, blah, 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 played soccer. So, you know, I was at soccer practice the other day, and I just I started thinking about him. You right. know what I mean? Well, yeah, he was a pretty good soccer player. Yeah, he was on my soccer team when I was nine. Mm. You know you know what I mean? Like, those right. conversations will start to evolve. And everybody that walked by that door probably thought at some point. Should I go? Should I go in? Or if I go in. Will somebody see me? Right. Will somebody say anything? Right. Yeah. You know, I think that's, I would really love to be able to grow our high school chapters. Um, I've heard such great feedback from the students that are in our high school chapter because they just, they do so much. They learn so much and they're able to share that. They actually packed, um, one of their meetings, they packed 100 positive packs to hand out to high schools or to their high school, like their peers and stuff like that. And so, um, but just learning other things about journal writing, breathing, about um, yoga. They loved yoga. And actually for the yoga, they we we provided them their own yoga mats. And they're going to do yoga again in January. And so just incorporating those things um, in the club and teaching kids um, that there are positive outlets that they can choose and that they're not alone. A lot of the kids in the club, they say that. Like they're 
you know, they talk about their therapy. They talk about, you know, yeah. being in therapy or what they're dealing with. Like, you know, one has OCD and one has anxiety and one has depression or, you know, or a mixture and they, and it's talked about more freely. So I would love to grow our high school chapter. We are starting one at Waverly high school next year. So we will have two. Uh, why so, next year? And why not? Why not next month? Um, so I, one of my board members is at Waverly high school and she, um, oversees another club mm -hmm. so when you start a high school chapter one you have to have enough kids to yep. be in the club Fair enough. <laughs> um, and you have to have an overseeing teacher okay teachers are so overworked yep. that they don't want to add another thing yeah and so you have to find that right teacher that's willing to be the overseeing teacher um and so I do have one at Waverly High School that's um who's on my board but she has so much going on right she's now she's got to make time she has to make time okay so to get into more schools, we need students and we need an overseeing teacher. Well, I'm glad that that was your answer because my next question, <laughs> I mean, seriously, because my next question was, is kind of twofold. One, um, how can people get in touch with you or the organization to um, start a group yeah. situation? And then the other part of that question is, what can other people do that might have a service that they can offer how can they get in touch with you or what do they need to do to like, for example, um, you know, I go to, I go to gym once a week mm -hmm. to do boxing workouts, right. You know, how would that individual re, you know, get involved with just given maybe a one day class for one of your fun days or something like that where yeah. these kids can just come punch stuff and have fun. Yes. That would be actually be really fun. I would love to take that to yeah. the high school club. I bet they would love to punch stuff. <laughs> um, but no, um, so we do, uh, they can contact us on our website. It's positivesomebody.org. Okay. Um, we're on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, you know, TikTok. Uh, and you're all over at, at positive somebody. Yep. And, and positive it's all somebody. one word. Yep. At okay. positive somebody. And um, you can contact us through our website, through social media. You can sign up to be a volunteer. We, um, we have a few new volunteers that help with the sensory bottle activity. So they go into you know, elementary school classes and do the sensory bottle, talk about feelings and, you know, positive ways to deal with those feelings. Um, you can donate. We do struggle with funding at the moment. Okay. Um, that's a whole nother aspect of mm -hmm. starting a nonprofit. So um, you can donate through our website. You can sign up to be a volunteer. We actually have a wait list for our sensory bottle activities. So if you would love to, if you love elementary school, you know, children and would love to do that, absolutely. Um, you know, let us know. Okay. So is there an email address as well? Yeah. So it's be a positive somebody at gmail.com. So be a positive somebody yeah. at gmail.com. So B E A. Yep. Okay. Positive somebody at gmail.com. So contact us. Absolutely. Awesome. So yeah, the whole funding thing, we're working on it. Um, we are a preventative care for mental health. So we've actually been turned down for multiple grants uh -huh. um, for mental health because we're not a mental health care. Right. We're preventative care. And so we're struggling a little bit with that, but um, we're working. Okay. We're working hard on it. We have a couple of big fundraisers coming up in 2023. So. Well, let's talk about those. What are they? So we're having a uh, bowling um, tournament okay. um, on April 16th. So that's still in the works. I don't have all of the details yet. Um, but it's going to be a bowling tournament, but also a family bowling day so that um, 
you know, families can bowl or if you're a serious bowler, you can come out and bowl. Um, we have our Positive Mental Health Fund Day that we're going to have every summer, and that also is a fundraiser as well. Um, it, there's no cost to get in, but we do ask, you know, for donations if you're able to give them. Um, but we have like a silent auction and different things like that. And then um, we're going to have a golf outing, <laughs> and that's um, – that those details are, are to come as well. There's a few other smaller um, fundraisers that we're going to do. We're actually doing a five below fundraiser. Okay. So funny. So five below does from February to September, you get to pick a week. You can pick a week and at um, any one of the, you know, the five belows, we're probably going to do Frandor and they give us flyers with our nonprofit on it. And we pass them out to everybody we know okay. and we get like 10% of the proceeds that we, for the whole, you know, whatever, whoever comes in to shop with our flyer. So right. we're actually doing that, I think in February. And so we have all these little fundraiser fundraisers coming up because we do have a wait list. We have a wait list for our positive packs. We have a wait list for our sensory bottle activities. And so, you know, every time funding comes in the next, you know, the next person's on yeah. the list gets it and gets yeah, it. Yeah, it's hard. It. it is hard. Because the, the, the longer you wait for funds, the more people get in line. Yes. Yeah. And that's actually what's happening right now. Okay. But we're working really hard. We have lots of ideals and we're really hoping that 2023 is going to be our year. I, so can someone go online and donate as yeah, well? Yeah, we have so a donate. Set up? Yeah, we have our donate button right on our website. So awesome. if somebody wanted to donate. So, yeah, it's, you know. And it, you know, starting a nonprofit when I'm not really anybody big in the community is hard because I don't have like no reach. You feel no, like okay, I just it's really hard. And so, you know, I just podcasts like this or uh -huh. you know, getting on the news for our all twenty people that listen to this. It's so gonna far. be fine. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> Share it with all your friends. Grow my yes, listener group. Okay, absolutely. And see what we can do. But just just talking about it and getting the word out and uh -huh. stuff like that is really what we want to do. And okay. Um, help promote it. It is working. You know, we've heard so many great stories from teachers and counselors about, you know, how it really benefited a student. And uh -huh. every time I get discouraged, another great story comes in and I'm like, oh, keep going, Jenny, keep going. That's, it's working. You, you're, you're a religious person, right? Yes. Okay. So that's basically God coming to you saying, you know, I had, stop. I had somebody at work tell me, um, because I, I was packing positive packs on my break at work I work for <laughs> so it's nonstop. For you. I work at MSUFCU, <laughs> okay. and I was packing these packs on my break because I had a social worker that was stopping by the office to pick them up for me, and um, my coworker had stopped by, and he was like, "Oh, what are you doing? Is that for us? You know, because sometimes I'll bring in treats for my coworkers. Right. And I'm like, no, yeah. they're positive packs, and I was like, I'm just trying to hurry, you know, and get these put together. They're going to be here to pick them up at one, and I got to meet them outside, and and he literally was like, you know, you're doing God's work, right? And I was like, and it was one of those stressful days uh -huh. where I was like, just stressed out, you know, yeah. trying to make it all work and wanting to help everybody. And I was stressed out at that moment. And he looked at me and he was so sincere. He was like, you're, you're doing God's work. And I was like, I needed that today. Yeah. I really needed that today. So it's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, we're, we're wrapping this thing up and I just want to say that, I mean, I agree with that, man. I mean, you're doing some pretty amazing trying. things. And um, anything that I can do to help get the word out, yeah. um, you know, I will certainly be, you know, a, a soldier for. Oh, um, that would be amazing. And, um, yeah, I mean, share this with uh, your friends. Yeah. If you can get some more listenership, um, you know, it'll just help grow yeah. you and everybody else. But, yeah. Um, 
yeah is there is there as we're winding this thing is there anything else you want to add we didn't get to um i just you know i appreciate you giving me this time to talk about it you know i get oh it's my pleasure i get very passionate about you know promoting positive mental health and children and so i love that you're allowing me to talk about it well it was my pleasure and i and i appreciate you taking the time to come on the show thank you so much All right, thank you so the organization is called positive somebody um, be a positive somebody at gmail.com and positive somebody.org mm -hmm. is where you can find them. So if you got a few minutes to go to their website, check them out and uh, leave a donation to be really helpful and might change someone's life. So thanks a lot. Once again, I'd like to thank Jenny Metzmaker for joining me on today's episode of what you talking about. Again, mental health is nothing to sneeze about. It's to be taken serious. And it's a problem that has been plaguing our country for many years and is just now starting to hit the national spotlight. So if you or somebody you know is looking for a little bit of help, uh, reach out to beapositivesomebody at gmail.com. Let them know and they'll get you the resources that you need in order to get the help that you need as well. Thanks for listening. And if you know anybody or want to be on my podcast, please reach out to me at Lacey1WA at Yahoo.com.